0: Hey, you guys, it's Strange D, and this is the first ever podcast on my channel, Strange Black Media. Um, I'm Strange D, and with me, I have my two friends, my two lovely co-hosts. Um, first I have Ivy, and then I have Shay. Um, Ivy, do you want to, um, introduce yourself and tell us about? Hi, you
1: guys. I'm sorry. Hi you guys, this is Ivy. I'm just saying hello and I'm so glad that Strange D has invited me to be a co-host.
0: Um, you um Ivy goes to a historically black university and she is a psychology major. What are your own um, career aspirations, Ivy?
1: Um, well, possibly I want to go to uh, graduate school to get my master's as, as well as my PhD. I would like to go to Howard to get my master's because I'm not really ready to let go of the HBCU experience And then I would like to go to Yale to receive my PhD in clinical psychology with a concentration in neuropsychology It's a mouthful, but those are my goals
0: um, Shay Hi everyone,
2: I'm Shay Um, I'm currently in college working to be a social worker. I want to one day be a caseworker, and maybe get my master's in that. And I'm currently going to a community college working towards transferring to a four-year school.
0: Right, and I know I've never mentioned um, where I go to this channel, and I don't want to, but I will say that I do go to a four-year university. Um My major was biology, and I was three classes short of doing that, but then I decided to change it to sociology. I have career aspirations to be in the healthcare field. I do want to do something mental health, psychiatric, because I feel like us as Black people, we don't, Tend to out, um, mental health like we should. So I do want to have something in the healthcare field with a focus on the mind and helping black people's mental because black people, we go through so much on, on a daily basis and we're strong, but I feel like we're not too strong to have some help and some guidance with that. So that's what I want to do. And I think what's interesting about us all on this podcast is that we're all millennials. So this is our millennial opinion on certain things. Um, um, Ivy, you went to Miami. How was that recently?
1: Um, Miami was a. It was definitely an experience for the books. I will say that.
0: Okay. Did you see any cute black couples? See any black love?
1: actually it's funny that you asked me that because um i went to orlando uh florida when i was younger to like the orlando universal studios um attractions and i saw a lot of interracial couples and excuse me i'm sorry it was um most of the time when i saw interracial couples it was a black man and a white woman and so now that i'm this is when i was like seven or eight so now that i'm older. Um, I had went for a little college getaway and I didn't see any interracial couples. I only saw black couples. I only saw white couples. I only saw Asian couples. So that was very, and I don't know, because you know, maybe Orlando and Miami are different, but that was just interesting to me. So
0: I don't know. It tends to be a lot of interracial couples at, in, at um, parks like I know one time I went to Kings of Men and it was biracial central. I have never seen so many mixed people in my life. So many interracial couples in my life. Like, I don't know. it's something about amusement parks where it just attracts a lot of, you know, (laughs) interracial couples. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, have y'all heard about the, um, the Nicki Minaj um uh, and Remy B Oh my God. Shay, I know you heard about
2: that. I have. So uh, the rundown is that before Remy Ma went to jail a couple years ago, her and Nikki, when Nikki was underground and on the come up, had beef then and Nikki was talking about how she was going in Remy and da 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 da. And she was kind of laying low on the beef. Like, every time she would be around Nikki, she wouldn't really be out there with the fact that she was trying to take her spot in the rap game. But then when Remy went to jail, then Nikki decided that she wanted to be vocal about the fact that, oh, I'm the queen of rap and I'm this and I'm that. So then she was sending shots to Remy even when she was in jail and Remy was like, okay, okay. So word got back to Nikki that when Remy said when she got out, she was coming for her spot. And Nikki was still sending shots, still sending shots. But as soon as Remy got out of jail, all of a sudden, Nikki wants to be about, oh, you know, feminism and us black women, we got to stick together.
1: And we stays. can all...
2: <laughs> exactly. And we can all run at the same time and da 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 But she was still sending shots. And every little song, everybody would be like, oh, is that a shot at Remy? Is that a shot at Remy? So Remy was ignoring it. And then, fast forward to three weeks ago, Remy was at a radio interview, and she was like, I don't really have any problem with Nicki Minaj, but if she come at me one more time, it's gonna be a problem. A week after that radio interview, Nicki released a verse on Gucci Mane's new song, Make Love, where she was talking about how she gave these beeps two years to comfort her, and now she's back to reclaim her spot, because as we know, Nicki wasn't making music for a minute there. She hadn't released an album since, like, 2015, 2014, something like that. Around that time that she stopped making music, Remy got out of jail, and she as you know, had a hit record with All the Way Up. That song was playing everywhere. And she was winning awards, and she got a, a Grammy nomination off of that song. So, she, you know, naturally, everyone's like, oh, Remy got the spot right now because she's the one making music. She's the one coming out with hits. So when Nicki released that verse, talking about she gave them two years to claim their spot, and now she's about to take it away, Remy was like, okay, bet so then she released a seven-minute diss track towards Nicki Minaj she, called crazy, And it was stra- seven minutes of straight bars. <laughs> when I tell you that Remy came for Nicki Minaj's entire life, she was hitting on everything. Family members, uh, butt jobs, her relationship her shadiness, she came for every single aspect of that woman's life. Here's what I
0: have to say about that, because I found out about the beat because it was on Instagram where Nicki Minaj had posted something about um, Remy sales and how her song didn't do, how her song had flopped, and she was like, she had made some slick remark on Instagram, so I'm like, Okay, why is Nicki Minaj coming for Remy R- R- Ma? To me, it seemed all of a sudden, like I didn't have the whole backstory that Shay had. So when I saw that, I was like, "Okay, what's going on?" And then R- Remy had released that video, kind of laughing like, "Ha ha ha!" Like, right? Iconic. That whole dramatic laugh. So, so I knew that she was about to um she want to do something, so up Remy's sleeves, so when she came with Sheetha, I have to say that the whole time, I was like, damn, really? Is that how you feel, Remy? All right. The fuck on that bitch? And what I have to say, like, going off of it, I don't respect her anymore, N- Nicki Minaj, because I felt like she waited too long to come back. Like, you wait two weeks later about to, to come back with a diss. And then, you
2: know, to me, it wasn't as strong as she either. So. I agree. It was 100% nowhere near strong. Plus, she had two features on the song. She only took a couple bars sent at Remy. And they were very, very weak bars. But the thing that got me is that not only did she wait two weeks to respond to Remy, but then after she released that song with Drake and Wayne, she went on Instagram and wrote a whole paragraph towards Remy talking about how everybody was trying to band together and take her out. And Remy Ma got 72 hours to respond. I'm like, how are you giving somebody a 72 hour time limit to respond to your weakness? When it took you two weeks to respond to her seven minute diss track that was a hundred times better than yours. So that was just laughable to me. How are you giving somebody a deadline when you took two weeks? That's not how it goes.
1: Honestly, like I sometimes I feel like fans are smarter than rappers. Like if that makes sense, but I know, you know, the three of us are talking and we're like, you know, why would you do that? Or, that doesn't make sense. Or, how come Nicki Minaj didn't rap the whole entire song? But, I don't think Nicki Minaj was even cognizant of that. I don't even think she was thinking about that. So, so, I just feel like these rappers out here, these entertainers out here have no idea what they're doing. And, that's just my first opinion. And then, secondly, first of all, how are you going to come from somebody when they in jail? Like, what? Like, I feel like that's very, like, that's a punk move. Like, if you're going to comfort somebody, you need to comfort somebody correctly and come to them in their face and confront them. Like, you don't send Instagram shots. Like, these are two grown women. Like, I don't, if I was Rumi Ma, and I do feel like Rumi Ma was like, I'm not about to comment Nicki Minaj at first. I don't really know the whole everything that happened. I'm just listening. I'm just going off of what um, Shay is saying. But I feel like Remy Ma was kind of like, I'm not about to come after this like this little girl. Like, I'm not about to come after her. She's just being childish, whatever. But then when it kept happening and she became a nuisance, Remy Ma was probably like, okay, no, like I need to show her that no, I'm the queen, or at least if not that, she needs to show her no, I have bars, and that's why Remy Ma came for that soul because Nicki Minaj just, I don't know, she's a character to me. Honestly, in my opinion, she really is a character, but. I wouldn't mess with nobody that's been to jail anyway. That's just my opinion, but... Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Strangey, what do you think?
0: Yeah, it's like Remy, they, they, her going to jail and her shooting somebody definitely yeah. has some 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 clout. It has some weight in the hip-hop world. Like, to be criminal in the hip-hop world, to me, is to have some kind of, you know, credibility and respect.
2: Mm-hmm. But what but-
0: I will say... Is that I feel like even though I I feel like even though Remy Ma won the battle, Nikki is going to win the war. Mm, because, right. You know, she is more commercial. She was thinking more business sense. Yes, she did not come at Remy right away, but she did respond with a song, a hot track with two hot rappers on it. I feel like Nikki's thinking about the money. She's thinking about the profit. Um, you know, she can perform the song whatever she wants to, whereas um Remy she can't perform Sheetha anymore because Universal took it down, she didn't have rights to the Sheether beat. So I feel like even though Remy won that battle, Nikki gonna win that war ultimately.
2: I agree, I agree that she's going to win the war in the eyes of the public. But in the eyes of the hip-hop community, I definitely think that Nicki Minaj has lost the respect just by reading tweets of people that are in the industry and producers and stuff. She definitely uh, doesn't have the respect that she once had because of her previous music that she's released. She's had, you know, whenever people talk about Nicki Minaj and her bars, they always go to the monster verse that she had that where she killed all the male rappers on that song, and yada, yada, yada. But that doesn't mean anything if it's only a one-time thing. If you can't do it all the time, you can't spit a smooth 16 when you got to spit a 16.
1: Smooth 16.
2: Then, I mean, can you really consider yourself... The best rapper in the game. And Nikki, like, she likes to say not only she the queen of rap, but she likes to make it known that she can hang with the big boys. And that's just, it's not true. If you can't spit bars when you need to spit bars, then you can't hang with the big dog. That's just how it is.
0: And I have to say, I don't know, like, I've I've always felt like Nicki didn't have, wasn't really respected to begin with. I was always seeing guys talking about how she was trash and how she can't rap. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with the fact that she is a female and that she's a sex symbol. She's sexy. Like, I feel like women in this sexist hip-hop industry, because I feel like there's some sexism that goes on in this industry, I feel like she was never respected that much to begin with. But this this incident, I feel like, you know, she's pretty much just a pop star now. Like, I've seen someone say, Nicki Minaj, you are officially not the queen of rap, and you are a pop star. So, hey.
2: Here, I'm going to have to play devil's advocate here about... Uh, we're talking about sexism in the industry and everything. While I agree that some people may not have liked her because she was a woman, solely because she was a woman, I am going to have to disagree with the fact that it's, most people don't think that she could rap because she's a woman because if we look at, we compare her bars to women before her like Little Kim or Missy Elliott even, like she does not compare at all. And she definitely doesn't compare to the male rappers that are right now. And I'm a woman, you know. I'm supposed to be teen woman, you know. I give her her props for standing pretty much alone as a woman in the rap industry today, at, at least commercially. Commercially, but uh, as far as her having the bars to match, was she to match her being the queen of rap or? being able to hang with the big boys. It's not true because from day one, when she released super bass, she was more poppy than she was rap. And I'm not going to lie. Like if super bass comes on today. I'm rapping along to it. Like I'm ready. I'm lit. I'm hype, but it's not like the typical rap song. And, We can't say, oh, that's just because she's a woman. Oh, she's a sex symbol because little Kim has the utmost respect in the rap industry. And she was the definition of a sex symbol. Like she pioneered, she pioneered what Nicki Minaj is trying to be today. And. She has the respect of male rappers in the industry. I don't think that Nicki doesn't have the respect in the industry because she's a woman. I think that she doesn't have the respect because she doesn't have the bars that Ah. gained previous women the respect. And that's just my opinion. I will say that some men she raps better than some men that are mediocre, mediocre in the industry. And In that sense, absolutely, it's because she's a woman. But in the sense that, you know, oh, she's not a legend or oh, she's the queen of rap. Like, no, I don't think that it's because she's a woman. I think that it's just because she doesn't compare to the previous woman in the past. In the past, when women were on top of the game, like, they were on top of the game. You knew them you knew who they were, you knew that they had it, but Nicki, like, she released a lot of questionable material. And then, like, uh, Strange D said, she's a pop star. I never once, because myself, personally, I never considered her the queen of rap. She's definitely always been more of a pop star to me than she was a rapper.
1: Um, Ooh, I don't want to talk over you. Um, I'm glad that y'all pointed out um, how f- uh female rappers are looked at, especially when it comes to sex symbols. Uh, me, personally, I never liked Nicki Minaj to begin with. Never have, probably never will. I like a couple songs, but I'm not a, a fan. I would never pay for anything she would make, ever. <laughs> like, I wouldn't do it. It's not <laughs> in my money. But, um... As far as females in the rap game, they weren't always sex symbols. If you look at Queen Latifah and Salt and Pepper, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and you know older female rappers, they had what's you know they had respect, and I feel like they pioneered really female rap in general, and they really had to earn their respect. And so, right, this is at a time when rapping. Um, was very, very split and very, very cutthroat, you know, late eighties, um, early well, maybe mid eighties, but really late eighties, early nineties, and so on and so on. Um, a lot of rappers, I guess in the early eighties, predominantly male. I don't really I can't recall any you know, unless I've named some, I can't recall any other than those. Um, they weren't really rapping about being a gangster or Having sex, you know, like Sugar Hill Gang. I said, a hip, a hit, a hip it like, what are you even saying? Like, we were, we were talking about, we were like, seriously, we were talking about just what rap is. We were, um.
0: It's so funny that you said Sugar Hill Gang because I just found out who they were today. <laughs> like, literally today. Uh, no. They're, no. <laughs> they're,
1: Mexican.
0: They're, they're Mexican. Did you know that? Mexican.
1: They're Mexicans? Mexican. Mexican, do you mean like they're they're like Afro Latino or like are they no. like they're
0: Hispanic? They're like
1: they're like
0: what? they're not black at all. They're not black.
2: Are you serious? <laughs> Look, at me, I be over here laughing because he don't know who they are, and whole time we the
1: ones that don't know who they are. Hold on, let me. Are you I, serious? In
0: like, fact.
1: But that doesn't make sense because when when we were in um psych when my black psychology class, we were okay. talking about Sugar Hill Gang and we looked up a video of them and they looked like black men. Okay, oh,
0: hey, y'all, I'm wrong. I'm wrong <laughs> I'm, I'm completely <laughs>
1: I'm
0: completely wrong. They are black. I'm thinking about uh someone else.
1: <laughs> I was about to say
2: like,
0: what? They got afros and all, like... Right, I'm going to be like, oh, we had a problem. Code red because... Okay, let me find out who I'm
1: talking about. I'm
0: thinking about Cypress Hill. My bad. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Cypress Hill, they're Hispanic, yeah.
0: (laughs) The hill, Sugar Hill, Cypress Hill, like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh
1: my God. Okay, you got you got your heels mixed up. <laughs> don't be, don't be. <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry. Let me get back on track. Um, it's funny that you guys mentioned that the the females in hip hop. I'm, I'm gonna bring it full circle. Um, but we were talking to, in my class. We were talking about how a lot of people say that music nowadays is you know crab and not talking about nothing. But when I was in the Sugar Hill Gang, a lot of people like to accredit old school music as being better just because it's old school music. And as much as it pays me to say this, that's not true. Because, um, you know, Sugar Hill Gang was like, I don't mean to brag. I don't mean to boast, but I like hot butter. On- no, I like something butter on my... I like hot butter on my breakfast toast. Like, what? Like, what are you even... Like, what are you, and I wasn't living, I wasn't even thought of in in that era. So maybe that was a slang for something. But in general, like the way people look at, you know, I guess, quote unquote, millennial millennial music, and they say that it's trash, I wish they would really sit down and reflect and take the time to listen to the lyrics of old school music, because that's what they often tell us to do. And I just found that very ironic. And so what I'm saying is that relating that back to the female rappers is that, you know Queen Latifah and Salt and Pepper and MC Light. Oh, MC Light was a beast. <laughs> MC Light. Um, they actually had words of empowerment for women. They actually had words of empowerment for the Black community. As you know, Kims and your Brumi Ma's and your Nicki Minajes. They don't really. They empower women to express their sexuality to the highest of heights, <laughs> but they don't really say anything to empower them and really benefit them. So here we are once again with music that's not really of substance, I would say.
0: I agree, I agree. I, I want to say one thing that I feel like we should move on. Um, I don't recall, please if it ever been a sex symbol. Um, I don't know when she was ever a sex symbol. Who? Oh. Latifah was a sex symbol. Who? Oh. You said Queen Latifah she was a
1: sex symbol. No, 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 no. I said Queen Latifah. L- no, 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 I'm sorry. If I said that, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Queen Latifah. Okay.
0: She said
2: you said wasn't. I think she said she named her in the wasn't category.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, 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 no. Queen Latifah, <clears throat> MC like songpaper never never. They never were sex symbols.
0: Salt and pepper, maybe, but
1: I mean, but. they may have talked about sex, and they may have, you know, I'm a sexy woman, but I don't think there will be a sex symbol. Like, I couldn't see salt and pepper right. like on on Vibe magazine with a thong bikini, right? Like, like
2: they weren't like I couldn't, I couldn't
1: see that. <clears throat> they weren't like Little Kim and Trina and Rapper Trina like with <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, I'm yeah. all. For- I'm all for I black can. women loving and I empowering can. black women, but that's she just said some trifling stuff like, love. I can't I, like. Doing it. It's just too much.
2: Sometimes I can't listen to some little Kim verses either because it's just, it's too much. Like her get money verse. Like sometimes I really do have to skip over that verse because she just be talking, right. about, she's talking about all types of stuff. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I don't even know what that means.
1: Yes. Like I sometimes after I listen to some of these rappers, I literally want to take a shower because <laughs> I just feel so disgusted.
0: I was thinking about women being sex symbols, and I was trying to think of some male rap sex symbols, and the only one that I can think of is LL Cool J. Do y'all have any male sex symbols, cool rappers? I mean, I know Tupac is cute and all, but I don't know if he was really a sex symbol when he was alive and stuff, but do y'all know, can, can I think of any male I rap sex when he was alive. <laughs> male sex symbols. <laughs> that was my fault, my bad. Any male sex symbols?
2: Um, that are rappers?
0: Yes, yeah, like, I only think of LL Um,
2: right now, I feel like the game is trying to be a male sex symbol. No. What is all
0: that? Oh my it. it. He, he's not, like, an international. like, he's not. Like, him, him. Oh,
2: when we're talking internationally, then no, yeah, absolutely. No one's really... The only, like, today, like, international rappers, like, if you... Of Australia and okay, well, maybe on. not
0: international, but just a male rap sex novel.
2: I don't think that, yeah, that's there's, there's something to be said about that. Be, there's that, something to be said about that. That men don't feel the need to, don't have to, you know, sell their bodies to us as well to
1: be well, that I feel like with men in the rap game. They're supposed to be seen as hard and tough, like, yeah, I'm good, yeah, like, you know, they got to put on this facade. And that's why I love J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar because they can be, I guess, tough, quote unquote, however people wanted to find that. But then they can also be human, like, cause I feel like black men struggle with hyper masculinity anyway. So I, I feel like with having these two rappers, just be very, you know, intellectual, be intelligent, and encourage people to read, and especially Chance the Rapper. I should have mentioned him.
2: Oh,
0: yes, Chance. He's
1: he's, yeah, he's very, like, whimsical and goofy, and, you know what I'm saying? It's nice, because I get this, yeah, that was... <laughs> 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 <It is nice. laughs> I can't with y'all. I can't with y'all. I can't with y'all. Y'all know. Y'all might not know some people I love, Who
0: Chance the Rapper.
2: <laughs> the way you came let me in, finish. it was like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh <I'm serious.
1: laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> Let me finish. Let me finish. So I feel like you know, it's just nice to see black men show different sides and not be tough and not just just only rap about having sex with a whole bunch of women because having sex with a whole bunch of women doesn't make you a man, in my opinion. Now I'm not a man, so I wouldn't really know, you know, about that lifestyle. But it does having sex with a whole bunch of women doesn't make you a man, okay? So, unless... If, if 10 girls like you and they just and they want to have sex with you, unless they all doctors, I'm... I, like, <laughs> like Or unless they all... When I say doctors, I mean, unless they all are really women and present themselves as women and, you know what I'm... You know, I feel like you guys catch my drift, but right. it's nice to see black men who... Show a, a softer side or a, or a more, more humanistic side to rap instead of always being shot up and gangbanging and selling drugs and ugh, sickening.
0: So, I watched this video of a black woman being pretty much jumped by two aging um, store clerks in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um I think the um store that they have, the beauty supply store they have in Charlotte is called Misha Beauty Supply Store. I saw that video and I was pissed. That shit it, it enraged me the way he attacked that woman, pushed her, choked her, kicked her. I was pissed and I felt this way for a long time, but we need to boycott um these Arab, Asian, um any non black stores who don't respect us, look down on us, you know, we are good enough for us to for them to have our money, but we can't take their children. Those kind of people who have that mentality. Um have y'all seen that Because that shit was crazy. Like
1: Yeah, I um I saw and there's actually um uh, a a uh, there's a picture going around on Instagram telling people to boycott that store, so I'm really um happy that that's going around. I also feel like you hit on a very good point that black people collectively as a group we spend our money at these um stores who are not black owned, and these people don't respect us and even it, uh, when you say you can spend your money here but you can't date my child I mean I understand what you're saying and I totally agree that's wrong but me personally I don't want to date that child
2: right, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's just like it's, it, yes. I'm, I'm not saying that you're wrong because you're absolutely right I'm just bringing up a different view I'm just kind of like, we're well, not even a different view. I'm just kind of like, if what you said was a topic, I'll be like a subheading. Does that kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: it makes sense. But I understand what you're saying. Like, you know, that ain't your perfect. Like, you ain't checking for them. But it's the reason why they don't want them
2: today.
1: Yes, this.
0: yes, absolutely, absolutely. It comes from, it comes from right. of, of them feeling like they're in, they like they're superior to us, and we're um inferior and not worthy to date them like we are a a subpar human that's why I said that because of course you know you know everybody ain't for everybody but you think you better than us my nigga like that's how I feel (laughs) like
1: I totally understand and I'm glad you pointed that out too I feel like the reason is the most important um aspect to touch on first of all i feel like black women are the most disrespected creature on this earth i'm gonna just go ahead and just put that out there i'm a black woman and um just being a black woman no matter where you are i don't care africa america south america australia europe it doesn't matter i feel like your existence puts you in uncomfortable Or it puts you in uncomfortable situations or puts you in situations where there is animosity or, you know, foreign feelings. Um, I also know that people react or sometimes people see themselves as to how society perceives them. So if you I'm constantly, constantly, constantly seeing black women on the Internet getting mistreated i'm constantly seeing black people i mean black people in general but black women get mistreated in the media um and then i know we were just talking about you know the kind of the battle of the sexes but it's funny how when black men get shot you know people are in outrage and they should be but when a black woman gets shot it's kind of like Mm, we'll be mad for a couple of days when it goes down and i feel like it's just kind of like black women can't i mean well, we can but black women don't get the same accreditation or the same empowerment or the same alignment unless we do it ourselves and that's just crazy to me and I, it's unfair it makes me angry it makes me upset it makes me hurt sad and just all of the above right
2: and not only that, but black women are always the ones at the head of the, boycott, the boycotts and the uproar for the black men that get shot. But when it comes to us getting shot, it's just us, again, taking care of ourselves and we take care of our men, but they don't reciprocate what we give to That's them. That's very
1: true. That's very true. And I feel like um a part of that is. The way, uh, society has taken away black men from black women. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about, you know, white women or black men liking white women. I'm not talking about, that. I'm just talking about how structural racism has taken away Jail. black men from black women.
0: Jail so, and the pipeline. I mean, the yeah, and pipeline. I pipeline. Because
1: people always tell me, oh, another thing that I was going to point out, and I'm glad you said this, Shay. Another thing that I was going to point out was, um, black men are not oh god it just escaped my brain okay no I got it so black women are always at the forefront of you know these protests and these boycotts for black men kind of messed up that you know due to a system that they can't be there for us so they don't really know how to be there for us but it's sad because black women we don't have any other man to go to do you do you under, understand what i'm saying it's kind of like right a exactly. lot of us are almost stuck it's kind of like whoa who else do right. we vouch for it's kind of we're not going to there's no other community that's going to accept us correctly right. excuse me not going to accept us correctly so it's kind of like we're almost stuck it's kind of like if we protest for black men and we show them that we love them and we care about them, they don't protest for us. If we don't protest for black men and show them that we care about them and love them, if we don't do that, we're still in the same spot.
0: Exactly. But I do want to say that there's one black man, um, and he happens to be queer, LGBT gay, Dore, As much as I disagree with something that he does, he is on the forefront of a lot of things, so I do want to say that I feel like queer black men are definitely, you know, side by side with the women, but unfortunately, straight black men, um, some of them are lagging behind. Not all, of course, because you know, not everyone is one thing. But I do feel like straight black men do lag in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So, do you think? Like I feel like black people will never get it together. Sometimes, like sometimes I feel disheartened because I feel like black people will never boycott. Because if we think about the Montgomery bus boycott, it's them, it's us taking away our money, taking away our resources that made them cave in. They were missing that black dollar. They wanted our black dollar. So that's the only reason why the the um, Montgomery Bus boycott worked because we took away our money. But, you know, one, time, I remember like last year, it was Black Friday. I told my, my, um, mother, I was like, you shouldn't spend your money, you know, b- boycott, um, the stores or whatever. And she just was not having it. So sometimes I feel like black people, like, will never get to that place where we all get on one um accord and just boycott these Asian stories, A rap stories, these people who don't like us, who are anti black as fuck and discriminate against us, it's disheartening. It just pisses me off. Like I sometimes I feel lost. Like I feel like we have no hope. I hate to say it, but I feel like sometimes we have no hope. Um I'm hoping that people see this and people talk about it. They do dialogue and realize that something needs to change. Something needs to change.
1: I definitely um agree with you on that. It's just very um it's very hard. And the only reason I said it is cuz after you have been fully assimilated into a culture, it's kind of like you have to it, Okay, so during slavery, during African American slavery, black people were stripped of um, their self knowledge, and their culture, their religion, their language, the things that made them them. So, in order for us to get on one accord, we'd have to do that all over again. Unfortunately, right. I and mean, I feel like that is something that is hard to do. Of course, you know we're here now, so all of it's not going to go away. But we would have, we would have to give up things like um, the food that they feed us. We'd we'd have we'd have to give up a whole entire american culture that we've been taught and i feel like when going through slavery of course they didn't have no choice it was a choice of survival survival you're gonna worship you know this new christian god that we're gonna give you um you're going to eat this food that we're gonna give you or you're gonna die but it's crazy because we've been so assimilated we don't have to worship that god anymore we don't have to eat that food anymore (laughs) But that's what we've been doing for the last couple centuries, so it's just like why why am I gonna stop? You know? So right. I feel like black people need to collectively find a reason, but oh my gosh. It just just in general, whenever you try to do something that's against the norm, um, you get outcasted. And within the black community, when you do something that's against the norm, you get, you know, shunned like Right oh my Especially god you, you're not religion. a christian you're not a oh god yeah. we're not even gonna talk about religion because we can we can do that all, all night because right. i
0: can ugh. exactly and you know if you aren't the, the norm in the black community you will get you know okay see, so that's why i'm happy that i have people like you Ivy who are not Christian or, you know, we're not exactly the norm in the black community. At least we have each other to be each other's support system or whatever.
1: And when people, when I tell people that, I tell people that I'm an ominous so I am a I'm a believer and I I'm an acceptor of all things positive. And I feel like I like when that. you when you tell, when I tell people that you know, I'm not christian first of all i feel like in order to call you call yourself a christian i feel like you're you you're dedicated there are a lot of people out here that think they're christians and they're not right right so i feel like you have there are there are people who dedicate their life, like dedicate every waking breathing moment to this religion and you know what i respect them for that because that's their that's their path to, to spiritual peace i and I respect that i just I just don't want to take that path, and so there are some people who are Christian like oh you know, I'm gonna you know do this I'm not gonna go to church, but you know I don't know you know you know what I'm saying that's not really a christian to me that's you really just chilling like you you're not holding on to the everlasting arms you're just chilling like you know <laughs> like you you know i just that's just that's how I personally feel I used to be a very hardcore christian, not really like a I didn't read the Bible every day, but I used to be very, very, very Christian. I wanted to get closer with the Christian God, you know. And I think it was—it's funny because on on the the path on the search to find the Christian God, I actually found myself, and that's why I'm not Christian. I found other, you know, ways of spiritual, just other spiritual pathways that I like to take. So I, you know, see myself as an ominous because I'm done with I'm down with anything that's positive you, know, you want to go to a mountain and meditate for a couple of hours I can do that you want to you know go volunteer at an orphanage I'm with that you want to sacrifice a baby I can't do that that's not positive <laughs> I can't, right. I'm not about to do that that's not positive what you doing so um. So, um a lot of people don't know the history of religion
0: what
1: a lot of people don't know the history of religion
0: they don't
1: because history Christianity is not a peaceful, you know, road. It's very bloody. Very judgmental, so... Both religions... Right. Uh,
0: religion is very problematic, but um... Shea, did, did you see the video?
2: I did. I did see the video of the... Oh, I didn't watch the video. I couldn't bring myself to there and watch that video, but I saw stills of that man on top of her choking her out and... Which is, you know, I just, I've seen so many videos. Just the other day, I saw a video of someone, an Asian man, again, coincidentally, who thought a girl was stealing, and her mother and sisters, thank God, were with her at that time, and the mall security intervened and had to break them up, while the man tried to chase her out the store, and her mother had to get in between her and the man while the security just sat there and, you know, lightly tried to stop him. But at this point, she's already left the store. Like, you, there's nothing you can do at this point if she had stolen, which she didn't. And it's just... It's like this really gets under my skin because it's... There's never... I can see if someone, like, really has stolen something and that you, uh uh you know... Uh, restrain them or whatever but the only reason you think that these people are stealing is because of the color of their skin there's never any indication other than the fact that they're black people that they have stolen anything and that's the part of it that bothers me and I understand that you know you want to make sure that you're secure your item that your are secure or whatever but it's just and then in point of fact, beauty beauty supply stores, I don't think I've ever been into a beauty, beauty supply store that wasn't Asian-owned. There might be one in this area, but we rarely go to that one. We always go to the one that's Asian-owned, that's bigger, and it's like beauty supply world or whatever it's called. And every time you go in their eyes follow you everywhere. You can't do anything in that store without looking up and seeing one of them staring at you. And it does not matter how many people are in that store at the time that you're in that store, they're watching you. And it's always been like that. Ever since I was little, I've always been going inside these stores to get hair for braiding or to get borettes or clips or uh, hair supplies. And they... It's always been that way. They're always Asian owned, which is ridiculous because they're stores for us. So why aren't we the ones in charge of them? That's something that we also need to look into. We need to start buying our own buying from our own people and we need to start uplifting our own people to make sure that we get them into positions where we can buy from them. And it doesn't have to be extremely overpriced or you know because now they have black owned businesses but they have to do so much to get the same respect as a white owned business and that's not right we should be able to buy from them and it be just like we're going to walmart and buying from walmart but we're buying from a black owned business it doesn't make sense to me that every time i walk to a beauty supply store that's sells stuff for my type of hair like they go in the store and th- why are you owning the store you can't even buy stuff out of it for yourself it doesn't make any sense
0: it's funny mm. it's about their profit other people are they're they're smart and they think about the profit oh black women wear weave and they need um pearls so let's have a store and sell to them take their money and bring it back to our communities. It's the it's just business to them. And and I can't fault them for being smart and being business minded people. But I feel like somebody black needs to come in, shut this shit down and need to come up with some other stuff. Come up with our own stores and stuff like that. Because it's not the fact that we were weave or we use this stuff or that they don't use it. It's the fact that we could be we could be spending our money with black people, circulating like our money within our community, and that's the issue that is here. Yeah. Which brings me to you know podcast? <laughs> the main topic of the podcast, and that's pretty much solidarity between um, non-black and people of color. Basically, people of color. Is there solidarity between people of color? Um,
2: no, no,
0: Ivy. No.
2: No. We like to think that I feel like we, as people of color, we like to think that there is, and but there isn't really solid. It's it's not. Let me,
0: just, let me just say, you said we, we as people of color, um, we as black people, maybe, because I feel like other races know exactly where they stand with us, right. but we're the ones acting stupid. Everyone's our friend. Everyone loves us. Right.
2: That's what I was just about to get into. That we as Black people like to always extend a helping a helping hand when something is going on in another group's community, like uh, a, a Muslim community. We always are extending a hand to them to help them out, but they don't ever extend hands to us when we're ever. when we're in pain or there's something. Uh, we're being wronged in this country. You don't see uh, Asians for blah, 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 blah. But you always see Blacks for blah, 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 blah. We are always there to help everyone else. Even white people, we're always there to stand up for them as well. But they, they especially never stand up for us. And I don't know why we we feel as though we always need to lend a helping hand. Maybe it's because we, we know what it feels like to be wronged. But we we need to stop doing that. Stop helping them unless they are willing to help us. Oh my god.
0: I'm so glad you I- said that. I'm so glad you said that because I have to say and this gonna sound fucked up, but I'm sorry. It's just my black opinion.
1: I feel yeah, yeah, it's my black opinion.
0: I will never ever unless things drastically change speak up for any community other than the black community. I was one of the people who was saying, say, oh, the Mexicans in immigration, oh, the mothers in the tribe, that would probably have been me a couple of years ago, but now it's like, fuck y'all, because y'all, y'all fucked us, y'all don't give a shit about us, y'all anti-black as fuck, y'all don't, y'all not mm-hmm. for us, So I'm not for you, I'm not speaking for a community of people who don't like me, period, point blank, I'm only speaking on black issues, black topics, speaking out for black people, but I'm not speaking out for y'all because when Trayvon Martin got killed, and I'm going there because Tr- when Trayvon Martin got killed, and what's that man's name? The man who killed him? Because his name is not. This doesn't even matter. I didn't I'm see any man. Hispanic news media or any Hispanic people in mass condemning their own for, for um, killing um, that black boy, and then. The other guy, I can't think of his name right now, but I'm so sorry. The other guy who was shot with his own um, wife and kid in the car, he was a Hispanic man, a cop who shot that man. They're, I'm not speaking out for anybody who don't speak out for me. Point blank, period. I mean, there's no logic in it. Any any relationship where someone is given and someone's taken, and it's not even, you're always going to get fu- Fucked. In yeah. that relationship. That's how I feel about it. Just fuck it. Fuck y'all. Cause y'all say fuck us once, when we go through our issues. And it's so funny because when things happen to them, they look, they try to break us into and so they always sit together and, oh, all people of color, fuck that shit. Fuck it. Ivy?
1: Um, yeah, I'm glad you said that. <clears throat> because I feel, um, the exact same way, but when Shay was saying, "Why do Black people? F- why are we so inclusive?" I feel like one, um, just coming from our 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 culture and our background. As much as people like to make African history seem as violent, and you no, know, if you're in that tribe, we don't want to we don't want to fuck with you. We don't want to do, do, do. It really wasn't like that, you know. When it comes to marriage and stuff, yes, but as far as helping each other out, and you know were very, more than, uh, more, would show more than, you know, a warm heart towards people when they needed help in hand, but when you look at what people have been through, and I hate to blame everything on slavery, but slavery was a powerful psychological tool, like, (laughs) like, people don't know how crazy slavery was, but you have to think, what are we taught in school, in elementary school, teachers always teach, well, as far as public schooling, in a public education system what are children taught from from day one they're taught that you know we're all one we're, we're all one in the same we're, we're, we're taught to be colorblind we're taught to always a you know be the voice of reason or be a voice of people who don't have a voice of themselves. We're always taught to stand up for people, even if they're not our own race, our own nationality or creed, religion, whatever. We're always taught to stand up for them. we are always taught to respect others. You know, that's what they tell us. But then it's funny because I feel like when the white kids go home and when the Hispanic kids go home, well, the non-black Hispanic kids go home, they're taught to preserve their culture. They're taught to preserve their race at all costs, at, you know, at all costs. And, When the black kids go home, to a certain extent, you know, until we get a little older, we're taught, yeah, we all are equal. It's almost like our parents don't want to be like, nah, them white kids, their parents don't really want you in school with them, you know? And I feel like that's where some of the inclusivity comes from because I just made up a word.
2: So like, <laughs> I don't think so. Inclus- Inclus- <laughs> inclusive, but it was rolling with anyway, it. It was good. It sounded yeah,
1: good. It sounded if I didn't know, I feel like I would be like, yeah, inclusivity.
2: You
1: I feel like I feel, <laughs> I feel like that's why a lot of black people are so inclusive because we're always taught that, at least from a millennial standpoint, historically. I don't know why black women wanted to be a part of the feminist movement, but whatever. But I feel like now I really don't like, girl. Why was you? She not really. But whatever. We not about to go there. Um. I feel like that's why black people are so inclusive. Like we we we've been taught that you know we're all one and we should all stand up for each other. But when we get older, we find out that's not the case. It's like what like. What do you mean? Especially, We've we've been conditioned to love everyone but ourselves.
0: Exactly. And going, piggybacking off what you said, Ivy, it frustrates me that black parents don't discuss racism with their children. I feel like that this needs to be one of the first topics discussed with your children. As soon as your children are in school and they can comprehend, I feel like racism needs to be discussed. Honestly, I cannot think of a time where I've had a conversation with my mother or grandmother or anyone in my family about racism. Not a serious conversation, not conversation that needed to be had about the fact that they see you as inferior. They do not see what I'm saying. That black parents talk to your kids about racism, please. Because if you don't, you're setting them up to be dormant and to be these inclusive people. And try to include people
1: who don't want to be included. Not with you. That's very. That's very true. Um, my parents, however, uh, they let me know maybe when I was, mm, I think I was very very young. At one point, my mom, my mother made a slick comment about race because at the time, you know, I was maybe in elementary school and I had a couple of white friends, and she was like, "They're not gonna be here for long," and I was like, "What?" what are you talking about? I used to, I used to think that my parents were like racist because they would just say these slick comments like you know day when you get older you're gonna have all black friends or majority black friends like your white friends are not gonna be here for long and, and you know from a eight nine year old standpoint you're like what are you talking about like race doesn't matter it's 2008 like, like it's 2004 what are you talking about you know but um, as I got older, I think maybe when I got in high school, well, as I got older, my white friends started disappearing. And when I maybe got in high school, I had a conversation with my mother and were, and I was like, you know, like, you're right. And she wasn't coming from a place of, oh, white people and black people can't be friends. She was just coming from a place of who who can you relate to the most. You know, because as you get older, you really start exploring your culture and exploring your history. Well, at least you should. Dang. And you start looking at things like that. and You want to be around people you can relate to. And I feel like just in human nature, as you grow and get older, it's natural to attract to people that can relate to your particular situation. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like now that I'm older and I can comprehend that's where she was coming from. She wasn't coming from a place of oh, yeah, white people don't really like you like that, even though they don't, but I don't think that's where... Now, my dad, that's one of the Um Probably that's where she was coming from. It, it wasn't any animosity or anything like that, but it is very hard to comprehend as um a child. Just think about when our parents were growing up and their parents had to explain race to them, you know, being born in the 60s and the 70s, so...
2: I will say that... Um, like you say, your parents talked to you about it, and strange uh, Strangely, you're saying that you're, you never had a conversation with your mother about it. I would say that my parents didn't do a lot of things properly growing up, but I have always known about racism, and I've had many conversations with both of my parents about racism. Whether, you know, even though I may have had to take some of the things my father said with a grain of salt, you know, my mother always made sure to explain it to me later on and if I ever had a question about something she would always be there I remember my first time that I actually like I listened listen to what she was saying about race is there was like a Lil Wayne lyric and he was talking about Emmett too and they were talking about how upset they were about his uh lyric and I asked her why and I didn't know about him before then And she explained to me who he was and what happened to him and everything like that. And I went and I did some research on my own about that. And that's when I really, like, was like, okay, well, maybe they're, like, maybe he's not just joking around when he's giving me these little race rants. But maybe I need to start listening to what he's talking about because I don't want to end up like this little boy. And then... And then a couple years later, like, what happened to Trayvon Martin? And that's, like, Trayvon Martin's death is, like, his murder, excuse me, not his death, his murder was mm. what really, like, I what really, like, got me into social justice and stuff like this. Because before, it was just, like, I knew about it, and my parents always talked about it, but it wasn't really of interest to me until this and I was like wow like this is this is important like this I need to be educated about what's going on in the world so I definitely I definitely had conversations about race with my parents and I definitely had racism explained to me at an early age especially because I lived and you would think that I wouldn't have because I lived my, uh, my father's a marine so I grew up in the military community, which is very diverse, diverse. So there was so many, there was always races, always interracial couples. I always had a white or Asian or Hispanic friends, rarely a black friend growing up. So I was exposed to a lot of diversity at a young age. So you would think that because of that, Race wasn't something that my parents talked about often, but they did talk about it a lot. And I did know about it from a young age. It just didn't really become of importance to me to start really paying attention to what they were telling me and to pay attention to what was going on in the world until I started seeing people that looked like my little brothers being murdered and stuff like that. That's when I really started to be like, oh, man, like... We are different and not everyone has to be the same.
0: Um I wanna take a break from what we were talking about really quickly. Just to say that I'm getting reports that Auntie Fee has passed away at age fifty nine. Um I hope that's not true. I'm getting I'm seeing mixed signals. I'm seeing that she's on life support. Um, whether it's on life support or day, I just wanna take a moment to do a moment of silence for her. Um and send out prayers to the ancestors for Auntie Fee. I wanna do a moment of silence. Yeah, I just feel like that was crazy. I love Auntie Fee and I hope she um pulls through. But um are there any solutions? Like, what? How can we solve the the kind of the rift between the races? And I feel like if if there are solutions, I, I feel like it's not black people's problem to fix it. I feel like they are the ones with the with the anti-black sentiment. So I feel like they should be the ones to kind of put the first step to mean. The relationship between you know the races between us people of color that is a hundred
2: a hundred percent a hundred percent it's not our job to fix it and people are always like oh well if you pull up your pants or you speak properly or you get an education then they'll accept you like no it's I, I it's not my job to do something for you to accept me it's your job to get over whatever issue you have. And as far as us mending the barriers between races, uh, I don't think that's going to happen in our lifetime. I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't think it's going to happen in our lifetime.
1: It's, I actually think... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm done. <laughs> I actually think it's going to worsen in our lifetime. Like, um, I was talking to my dad one night, and I was like, you know, history history repeats itself just in different forms and he was like no he was like does history repeat itself or do people repeat themselves and me i feel like that's the same thing but whatever he's trying to be all intellectual but <laughs> right. no offense to my father i love him but um to an extent me and him are both right um i, I feel like I feel like racism is going to reverse. I feel like it's going to worsen, not you saying we're going to go back to negative segregation because segregation in America has a negative connotation, but we segregate things all the time. But I don't feel, I, I just, I feel like the tension, the animosity is going to get worse because um, people are, you know, quote unquote waking up. Right. I think um, it started I feel like it's a it's a boiling pot of hot water and it's just waiting to tip over. Right. Um, I feel like a lot of black people are, we're mad and we're angry, but we don't know what to do. So at least we're mad and we're angry. You know what I'm saying? But we, we haven't right. figured out how to sit down and create a, a smart way to channel this anger. But I do feel like at least we're mad and we're angry. However, I don't feel like we're angry enough because we're still shopping at the Asian store. We haven't built our own stores and no, it's not going to happen overnight. I don't, you know, nothing great ever happens uh, overnight, but we keep listening to these idols who lead us in the wrong direction. And um, I just feel like we're angry, but we're not angry enough. And I feel like in our lifetime, we will see a little bit of progression but I don't think that we'll see any solutions. Now, when you um, Shay, when you and Strange D were talking earlier, y'all said that it's it's not black people's job to fix what's going on, or yes. is it? It's, it's not. 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 Okay. I feel like it's not. But who else is going to do it? Exactly. No, I'm not saying that we need to change who we are so we can be accepted because, no, Shay, like, you're right. We don't have to be... There there shouldn't even be a standard of what should be accepted as far as how you present yourself or how you should talk and what you should do. We should all just be able to freely be ourselves. But I feel like... Black people didn't do the damage, but the people who did the damage the damage benefits them
2: exactly.
1: so if there was to really and you know sometimes I wonder about this if there was to really honestly be tr- a equal playing field, I wonder who would be the most successful us I don't wonder
2: <laughs> I don't wonder I know we did like I wonder who would be. We raised if everyone children.
1: literally, like, let's just say people just randomly came out black, randomly came out white, randomly came out Asian, like we just it was no no slavery. We didn't come from a. It was we were all one continent. It, we just randomly came out just random. We all, nobody had mental disabilities. We all ate the same food. We all did the same thing. We were just different races. We used different colors, different phenotypes. We all did the exact same thing. Same schooling, same money. So we shopped in the same community, everything. We just randomly came out different colors. I wonder, I wonder who would be, like, who would be the most, like, if it was really equal, like, who would be the most... I just, I don't know, like, who would be the most successful in terms of being... So, as far as... That, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, I'm done.
0: As far as that random situation, I can't answer that, but I do feel like if white supremacy wasn't, you know, the structure of this country, I feel like um, whites wouldn't be, like, top-notch, basically. Because I have to bring the attention back to where it needs to be. And yes, people of color are fighting. Yes, we have issues with each other. And there's anti-blackness in other communities. But th- that started with white people. The problem is white people. And as long as white supremacy you know, exists, because white supremacy if white is seen as um, top, s- superior, the end all be all. Then automatically, black people are going to be at the bottom because we are the exact opposite of them in skin color, hair texture, phenotype. So the the closer you get to white, the better you'll be perceived. That's why um, Asians look um, Hispanic. That's why they're um, considered, you know, a superior rank than us because they are closer to white in hair texture and skin color. So I feel like as long as white supremacy exists and the structure exists and we're not talking about white people and their hand because they're really the puppeteers puppeteering everybody, then there there isn't gonna be um a solution to white supremacy gets tackled. That's just how I feel about the situation um, the problem is white people, the problem is white people, the problem is white people, problems white supremacy, white supremacy is the problem, white supremacy sets it up so that black is seen as a I don't want to say mental disorder, but it's seen as a flaw. Melanin mm-hmm. is gold, basically. Shout out to Melanin Go's channel. Melanin is gold. Um there's actually benefits to melanin. Um but white supremacy spins it like melanin is a curse. Um, the problem is white people.
2: Well, I can't disagree with that fact. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you that white the problem is not white people. And
0: white supremacy, but that's pretty much white people because they created that. Right. I totally. And, um, I
1: yes. totally. And it's totally so good that,
0: that that Valencia. It's so funny because I do feel <laughs> tensions are rising, but I do feel like interracial dating will, will continue to rise too, which is, which is funny. Um, Why do you feel
1: that way? I really, I'm interested.
0: I just do. I I feel like interracial dating um, will persist. I'm seeing a lot more of it. At first, it started with the um, kind of like black guys and white girls, but now I'm seeing more black women become interested in interracial dating.
2: Not me. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> me
1: neither. Me neither. I'm sorry. You know what? You know what, Strange D? I'm glad that you have brought that up. And Shay, I love the comment. But when I was growing up, oh God, and I hate telling people this. I really do. Um, When I was growing up, um, are I'm you, sorry if y'all hear like the wind in the background. It is high, howling out here. But um,
0: are you about to talk about um interracial dating? Yeah, I I wanna I wanna stop you because I actually want our next show to be all about interracial dating. Interracial dating.
1: Oh, okay. I'll save it.
0: So I want you to save that story. I think it's time for us to wrap up because I think we've been on for about a, a little more than an hour, I think, right,
2: y'all? Oh, okay. <laughs> it, definitely it
0: definitely
2: doesn't feel
0: like it. I know, because when you we, we talking with, with your people, your friends, your fellow black people,
2: time, yes, does, time
0: yes. does fly. Time does fly. But I do want us to come back for Uh, Podcast number two, I want this to be a real thing. Hopefully we can um, get the word out, get some sponsors and stuff and get paid for this, but I definitely like talking about it, so even if money wasn't involved, I still would do it because I love talking. I want to get the word out about black issues, the black community, but a little change on the side never hurt nobody, basically, but (laughs) I think it's for my <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Final thoughts about this topic. About people of color and that did not feel solidarity between us. Um Ivy.
1: Um, I just feel like a lot of people, we have, not most of us, but a lot of people have figured out what is wrong and we're starting to put it together piece by piece, even if we're just scratching the surface. But the hardest thing for any of us to do as black people is come up with solutions. Um, and I think that's something that we need to, work on uh it's very hard because some people feel like there is no solution but we we got into this we got to get out of it so (laughs) that's my final thought shay as far
2: as um final words i feel as though the first step to mend our relationship as black people with other races is to focus on ourselves and to mend our relationships within our own community first and then we can start worrying about our relationship with other races and other communities. But Mm. the first step is to make sure that we're good and we're not good right now.
0: Regardless of I agree. Exactly.
2: Right. We're not good. And we're not going to be good until we acknowledge the fact that we're not good a lot of black people are just coasting in life and we take what the white man gives to us and we accept that as the end all to be all and we accept that we can go far but we can't go as far as some other people and that needs to stop we need to recognize that we are just as good if not better <laughs> we are better than them. <laughs> and we can do much more than what the man is trying to make us believe that we can do.
0: Well, you know, my final thought is just piggybacking off what Shay said. If you don't love yourself, how can you expect someone else to love you? I'm straight. I'm Shay.
1: I'm Ivy.
0: And this has been the first episode for the Strange Black Media podcast. Um, we will see you guys later in racial dating. Let's go!
2: Bye, bye,
0: bye, bitches.